What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17 14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. He is Russ Salzberg. I'm Lance Meadow. Good to be with you for the next 60 minutes in multiple ways. You can interact with us here on the program. You give us a ring, 201-939-4513. You can also hit us up on social media, hashtag Giants Chat. And a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. So we actually have a football game tomorrow, a little bit different in terms of the weekly schedule. Well, it's not only is it a little bit different, but listen... Uh, Giants put themselves, they put destiny in their own hands last week. Now what do they do with it? Nothing is official until it's official. You're not a playoff team until you officially punch a ticket. But I've been having fun the last couple of weeks, uh, Lance, with uh, the opening of the show when Parcells goes, nobody can tell you you couldn't do it because you did it. That's right. And a lot of people aren't expecting a... uh, Giants victory this weekend in Minnesota against a very potent offense, this and that. But uh, nobody can tell you you couldn't do it if you did it. And all they need to do is did it. Then they will have done it. And they will put themselves way, way in the driver's seat. I I do think they're up against it because uh, my opinion is, um, well, for them to win this game, I think the one thing that must be more so than maybe than any other game The running game has to be dynamic because you have to keep their offense and and the Jeffersons, you have to keep those guys off the field. If they're on the field, they're dangerous and we don't have uh, a Dory back there, we don't have X-Man back there, they're up against it. So to to me, if you're going to do that, you have to maintain control of the ball. If they do that, I think they have a shot. And you have to, most importantly, finish those drives, to your point, Russ, with touchdowns. Because you can milk the clock all you want, time of possession. I'm a big believer. Time of possession is great. It's all about what you do with it. 
So that's going to be critical. And that has been the MO of the Giants offense. They're not going to put Daniel Jones out there and have him throw 35 to 40 times. That has not been the recipe for success. Even though this Vikings defense, by the way, has struggled immensely. They're actually dead last in total defense. They're giving up 400 yards per game. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and, you know, that's something that remains to be seen. They give up a lot of yards, you know, a lot of that. The difference, though, when you, you know, and and again, I I say this time and time again, Lance, I don't want to diminish the effort. You know, it's next man up, it's next man up. But a lot of these receivers that the Giants are putting out there, they're backups to backups. And you just, it's not fair. Some of the criticism that guys get, it's not fair. You, you, You know, they're just... I, again, that there's a reason guys are starters and there's a reason guys sure. are backups. But um, you're right. He, he If he's throwing 35 a game, then something's wrong. Well, you don't want to get into a track meet no. with the Vikings, and, I and, think is the main point. Here. If he's got to throw that many times, that means they're going to be coming from a deep hole. So you don't want to see that being the case. Now, with all that being said, Russ, interestingly... The Vikings are somewhat of a mirror image to the Giants, and I'm not talking about personnel. What I mean by that is Minnesota is 10-0 in one-possession games. They've won 11 games this season, so 10 of their 11 wins are by one one score. They're not blowing people out is my point, and we know the Giants, what has their been, their narrative all season long? It's walking that fine line, that tightrope. Yeah, and, you know, for all the critics of um, one uh, Daniel Jones— He's got five fourth-quarter drives to, to win in the fourth quarter. You know, for, for a guy who can't do it, he's doing it. So the point is, when you look at all of the factors on both sides, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a relatively tight affair. The Giants have pretty much been in every single game, but it's going to go back to can they finish drives, can they sustain drives, and can their defense get after Kirk Cousins? That's the key, Russ, because you brought up Justin Jefferson. They have Adam Phelan. They have TJ Hawkinson overwhelming amount of weapons. You're not going to slow down all of them. They're going to get their big explosive plays. Jefferson's done that to everybody, and Thielen's been very productive in terms of the red zone. If you could get to Kirk, though, maybe you fluster him. Maybe you mess up the timing. The pass rush has been very good over the last few games, right? Especially against Washington. Can they duplicate that? And why has that pass rush been better? They have the four guys finally healthy. Four guys. Three of them, number one picks. Three of them first-round picks, one a number two pick, who arguably could have been a first-round pick in Aziz. And, and look, uh, Paul, uh, Paulie Dotson and myself were talking about it Wednesday. I don't like to compare anybody. It, it inevitably happens, Lawrence Taylor, Lawrence Taylor, Lawrence Taylor. And, you know, somebody put it on Twitter, uh, Kayvon's the next LT, and I politely said, there is no next LT. Well said. Case closed. And I don't want to take, I I would say this about Ray Lewis and the rest of them, Hall of Famers. There's LT and there's everybody else. However, that performance last week by Kayvon was an LT-esque performance. I mean, watching it, I think probably watching it on TV TV was more fun because he was in every frame of everything that was going on uh, in the game. So to me, uh, we're seeing what a pass rush can be, and if that's the case, I agree with you. If they can get after Kirk, we were just talking about it in in the... um, Dining room. If they can get after him, you know, he's kind of like uh, Tom Brady. He don't like to get ruffled up. No, seriously. <laughs> well, and he's also not very mobile. No. So, so he's not going to run out of the pocket and kill you for 10 yards. Right. I, I couldn't agree with you more. So I, I think if they could do that, um, no, just because people are expecting, you know, the, the Vikings to be the Vikings 
you know, and, and improve to a, a 12th victory. And I, to be frank with you, I didn't realize that. Did you say 10 of them? 10. The most one-score games wow. they've won in the NFL this season. The Giants are right behind them. And that's why I'm saying that if you could keep the game tight, you're putting Minnesota in its comfort zone, but you're also putting the Giants in their comfort zone because both of these teams are used to going down to the wire. Vikings, the lopsided losses, Russ, this season. They got hammered by the Eagles. They got crushed by the Cowboys. And they lost to the Lions a few weeks ago. The common element between Philly and Dallas is the pass rush. That's why those games got out of hand. It's because Philadelphia and Dallas were able to beat up the Vikings' offensive line and get after Kirk Cousins. So if you want to take a page out of who's had success against Minnesota, to me it starts in the trenches. And clearly the Giants' offensive line needs to pick up where it left off against Washington. To your point, they need to pound the football. But there's a Vikings' offensive line. Russ, Kirk Cousins has been sacked 40 times this season. They have allowed 41 sacks overall. They're down their starting center, Garrett Bradbury, who's dealing with back tightness. He's going to miss his third straight game. Ed Ingram, their rookie right guard, has had his ups and downs. The interior of the Vikings offensive line is for the taking. If the Giants can win the battle on the interior, because they have really good two top-notch tackles at Christian Darrisaw and Brian O'Neill, if Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams can win that battle inside, maybe you get Kirk Cousins to be put in a precarious spot. That's how you win the game. Of course, offense has to capitalize, but if you want to set the tone in this game... You've got to make Kirk Cousins uncomfortable. I, I would expect that to happen. I, I don't think he's he's going to find a comfort zone back there. But let, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, we talk about it a lot. Uh, how good is momentum? You know, like, like in baseball, they say momentum is as good as your next day's game starting pitcher. <laughs> but Short-lived. The, the Giants certainly have momentum coming off a very, very big win in the nation's capital. On the flip side... The Vikings oh, boy. coming off arguably the greatest, you know, it's not a playoff game, but it's the greatest comeback in the history of the National Football League, which is saying a whole lot. I mean, I remember watching that game and, and you know, like watching it half ass. I wasn't paying attention sure. to yeah. it. And then uh, I think it was 33-14 and, and I was on the phone and says, you know, if they can score here, we got a football game. <laughs> and I'm like, what the bleep are you talking about? And then they score and I'm saying, no. It, you know, so while the the uh, Giants have momentum going in, the game's at home. It's Christmas Eve. I would think the Vikings are going to be revved up. The Vikings didn't have to travel. Speaking of travel, uh, I mean, well, from what we hear, they're also, uh, the Giants are going into like a three-foot snowstorm. Yeah, Mother Nature not cooperating. Yeah. Pa Paulie Dots was already having a nervous breakdown just getting well, on the plane. When does he never have a nervous breakdown yeah, no, is the, the better question, this Russ. Is, this is true. <laughs> when he was belly aching about, oh my God, he comes over to Lance and myself, you know, we're three feet when we get there. And I, he goes, who knows if we'll be able to get back. At to which point I said, if the Giants win, you'll be glad to stay there until Friday. He'll so, be making a snowman out yes, of the snow. Yes. Something tells me. Snow angels. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. He'll be in his element. No, but in all seriousness, it is interesting to bring up the momentum standpoint. I personally, Russ, I don't read so much into that because it's such a week-to-week -week yeah, No, right? it's Isn't that... more so than ever before. Exactly. And more so than any other sport. You could look like a juggernaut one week, right. and then right, you come back the following week, and you're like... What is this team? It's unrecognizable. Why do you think that's the case? Because Be I've tried to figure it out, and I can't. You, you know, you can say free agency and, and, and the cap and, and bodies are changing. I, 
I don't want to say week to week, but it's even more than year to year. It could be month to month, but but they change. I don't know what it is, but I've never seen things more. I mean, look, you and I were talking about uh, the football game last night. The Jacksonville Jaguars were O for the month of October. They had a chance to win the division, as you pointed yeah, out to me. They started off two and six. They're now seven and eight. They were O for October. Yep. Wild. Welcome to the NFL. I'll give you what I think perhaps is the logic behind that, Russ. I think it's a matchup-based league. So, for example, one week you get a team that just can't match up well with you. You look like a powerhouse. The following week you get the team that can slow down your key ingredient. All of a sudden, you're more evenly matched. The other element in play is you were bringing up a baseball analogy earlier and basketball I'll throw in there. It's more of a superstar-driven sport, meaning you have two, three guys. You can make up for other weaknesses. In football, Russ, no, it's hard uh, to do that. Basketball, it's easy. Sure. In, in fact, sure. you can have, I don't know if, if there's a half, but you know what I mean. You can have like one and a half. If you have a bona fide stud, oh. and, and I'm not saying Michael, because to me there's Michael and everybody else. And I'm with you, no but, argument there. But but you, you, you know what I'm talking about. But b- basketball is easy that way. Football... It, Cannot be done. You, don't tell me you have two players. You, that's, well, that's the point. Sure. You, no, I mean, b- b- football is by far and away, I don't know if I said basketball, football is by far and away the most team-oriented sport. Everybody has to be in sync. If there's one screw-up down the line, the whole thing can, the, what, what do you call the domino effect can go cockeyed. And that goes into the whole matchup argument because if you have a good offense but your defense struggles and you go up against a prolific offense, well, good luck trying to make up for that. And that's why I think things fluctuate here and there, especially during the course of this NFL season. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't know what you're thinking. This is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot. And now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or, like, put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. But let's say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. 201-939-4513. That is the telephone number. We'll continue to break down this Giants-Vikings matchup. But a few reminders before we open up the phone lines as we come down to the nitty-gritty in the season. First of all, make sure you subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. Podcast features a rapid reaction right after each game with one of our analysts, an episode midweek featuring an interview with a national analyst, and then a game preview featuring a long-form interview with a current Giants player, an exclusive sit-down with Bob Pop and head coach Brian Dable, and an opponent preview of that week's opponent's search 
for the Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform or listen on the Giants app or at Giants.com slash podcast. The latest episode is up. Paul Latino and I spoke with Matthew Collar of Purple Insider. Gave us a nice breakdown of the Vikings. We even had some basketball analogies as Russ and I were just talking about. A little Bulls-Pistons back in the day in the 90s came up in the conversation. If that's not a teaser, I don't know what is. Bad boys. There oh you boy. go. That's right. Yes, we mentioned a little Bill Lambeer, Joe Dumars, Rick Mahorn, the whole gang. There is one home game remaining for the Giants. Don't miss it. It's against the Indianapolis Colts. A week from this Sunday, limited tickets are available for remaining home games. You can visit Giants.com slash tickets to find your game and secure your seat. And last but not least, Giants official connected TV streaming app. It's Giants TV. It brings you original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV, it's free. It's on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV as well as the Giants mobile app. All right, we're going to open up the phone lines as we continue to break down this matchup coming your way tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern. Rich is in Virginia. He gets us going here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Rich, welcome aboard. What do you got for us? Well, first, happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas to you and Russ. Uh, Same to you. Same to you, Rich. Uh, Thank you very much. And uh, really like what DJ has done this year, but I have one, one concern. Does he need to go to Yankee spring training to learn how to slide? Because I know he's a competitive kid, love, love his competitiveness, but I'm just concerned he's going to fumble and get killed the way he tries to attack these defensive players. Just do a Jalen Hurts and just slide down. I, I, Why I, is he not doing that? Uh, well, Rich, I, I'm going to – you make a fair point, okay? I'm going to slightly disagree because sometimes he does slide. When he doesn't slide – he is really trying to dive forward to get that first down, to get that extra yard, which, you know what, having said that or not, we're all glad when he gets that extra yard, but if he ends up with a bum shoulder, then we're going to be miserable. But, you know, as they say, it's football. That's what it is. It's football. Yeah, he's always had the mindset that he just wants to fight for the extra yardage. This is not the type of guy that's going to run out of play and give up on a play, so he's got to walk that fine line. For example, the play where Tyrod Taylor got hurt earlier in the season, he had to continue to run. People don't bring this up, Russ. He needed the extra yardage to try to get the first down, so sometimes you have to look at the context of the situation, Rich, would be my response. But, yeah, I'm assuming you're referring to the play in the Commanders game where he wound up coughing up the football. Unfortunately, they ruled that his elbow was down, so the Giants retained the possession. Yeah, I mean, you know, but, you know, quarterback's the most important guy on the sure. team, no doubt about it. And his, as you, as you pointed out, his, his interception rate is 1% this year. He's had four picks. The kid has played within the system and done a real good job. If we lose him, and he's played, knock on wood, all these games this year, which is a first. I mean, he's. I understand the competitiveness, love, love him to death. But man, he's he's yeah, he's two thirty five, but he's taking on some of these guys straight up, and I'm just concerned he's he's going to get hurt and or fumble. I mean, I, I I totally understand, but in you know, you got to think long term. Well, I, uh, listen, Rich, it's a fair point. I'm not going to say you're wrong, but you know, and I want to I don't want to sound like a broken record. It's football. And let me tell you something, Rich, the, the Giants wouldn't be where they are without the way he's run this season. I, I mean, he, he has put them on his back because they have not had the receiving game. He's made good passes when he's need to, but his legs have taken his team to an 8-5-1 record, of course, with Saquon and, you know, some other people as well, but... 
I'm, I got to tell you, it starts with the year that uh, Daniel Jones has had. No, I to- yeah. totally agree. I mean, we've suffered. I've been. I've seen every Giant game since 1961, and if you remember, I mean, Daniel is the <laughs> antithesis of Eli back there as a, as a quarterback. I mean, he Eli had no mobility. This kid, they're using his legs to to enhance the offense, you know, because of the limitations that, that are organic to the team. But uh, you just got to be smart. And I agree. Overall, he's he has slid, but a couple times here in the last few games. We just, the bottom line is we can't afford to lose him down the stretch. Well, that, that's uh, the understatement of understatements, but thanks for the call, Rich. Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Rich. Thanks so much for no, waiting. No, I mean, it's, it's, he makes a fair point. You know, but, but when you talk about, and again, it's funny, we, stuff's being brought up that we were talking about Wednesday. When you talk about when Eli Manning's name gets mentioned, the two have the same personalities. You know, they, they have that soft exterior <laughs> Really, uh, and and you know, quiet and unassuming, and inside, fire, fire burns. I mean, Daniel Jones is one tough son of a gun, just as Eli was. That's why Eli didn't miss games. You know, you you don't have to look like an Adonis to be an Adonis. <laughs> just like Lance here. Well, yeah, there you go. I mean, listen, I certainly am overseeding expectations <laughs> in terms of that. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, you brought up Eli Manning. I was going to bring up the example. I don't remember this game. They were playing the Eagles in Philadelphia, and Eli dove forward instead of sliding like a baseball player. And he wound up fumbling the ball. Right. And it was costly because the Eagles took over possession. So, I mean, you can even go back to examples where Eli wasn't necessarily textbook slider. Oh, no. And not that he ran as often as Daniel Jones, of course. As Bill Parcells used to say, not about Eli, but other people, he's not exactly Barishnikov. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's not a ballet dancer. But, um, again, if you have a quarterback who who is like Daniel, who uses his legs, it's, it's a vital part of that offense, you got to hold your breath sometimes. That's just the nature of the game. That's He's the, a quarterback in the National Football League. That's the pros and cons that come with a running quarterback. Yeah. And I think Daniel will be the first one to tell you he's got to pick and choose when to go the extra mile. But more often than not, if you look at the runs, I think he's thinking I have a chance to pick up the first down. For example, the first and 10 for the Giants, 39. He ran for 10 yards. They ruled it then for nine because they said his elbow is down but he's thinking yeah i'm gonna run for the first down that's exactly exactly yeah so hard to criticize that absolutely let's move along here on big blue kickoff live we got cliff in new york joining us here on bbkl what's happening cliff hey guys happy holidays same to you cliff yes sir um listen i wanted to talk about pass protection but before that uh i was worried about daniel also running and um it seems to me that he uh, him and the other quarterbacks might be benefiting a little bit. Uh, I don't think the defenders are going as hard after these guys when they do run as they used to. I uh, think they're I think they're pulling back a little bit because of uh, obviously all the flags, not just the ones in sure. the pocket that have been controversial, but but at the end of runs, I I, I they want to make sure they're not hitting them late. I think uh, he he didn't. I don't think he's been taking real big shots. But that play against Washington, he did surprise me. He looked like Josh Allen, you know, and and we know he's not built like Josh Allen. But uh, he, he, I was, he's built pretty good. Don't don't kill yourself. <laughs> he might be tall and lean, but right. There's a lot of substance there. 
Yep. I agree. I agree. He, he, he has held up very well. I, I'm, I'm very happy about that. The, the thing about the pass protection, you know, I, I was calling about that uh, when Howard was on on Tuesday, and uh, because it looked like Daniel really had uh, a lot of time. Uh, more than I remembered him having, it, dropping back. And, and, um, and the answer to that was, yeah, they were blocking pretty good. And then the answer was also that the scheme was set up so that... Uh, yeah, he was getting rid of the football very quickly, Cliff. Exactly, I wouldn't overlook that. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So I'm wondering just what is the status of our pass pro? I mean, or have we gotten better? Um, do, do we have a, a hope of getting even better the last three games? Because um, uh, I'm not so sure that they won't try to throw the ball downfield. From what Howard said, it seemed like they were prevented, actually. They had it set up so that um, they had Darius forced to run a hot route so that he couldn't go downfield by, by sending uh, a uh, free uh, rush or something. Uh, uh, something uh, like that. I, I don't, you know, I'll, I'll let, you know, uh, Lance give you his opinion. I, other than Darius. A cliff. I, I don't see any home run balls being thrown, really, with the exception uh, to Darius. That's just the way, as I said, if you listen earlier, uh, you got backups to backups for his receiving yes. core. And because you have that situation, you have to make do with what you have. Uh, uh, listen, I said this week when I when it was on Wednesday, Lance, I, I said, as I'm watching, you know, as, as I'm watching McLaurin and Dotson, and I'm saying, what would life be like? If, oh, I heard if, you say if, that. If Daniel had those guys sure. to throw to, you know that that's not. Again, I'm not denigrating. I'm not t- diminishing the guy's efforts. It's just you are what you are. And but uh, we do have those guys. They're all in the hospital. You y- know? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, they're not healthy. Uh, yeah. Darius Slayton is the main vertical threat to Russ's point. Yeah. So I think you're limited in terms of the shots you can take down the field. If you've noticed, they've been relying more on getting the guys at the chains getting 10 to 11-yard completions, maybe getting some yak. You want to get Saquon Barkley to the next level, and you hope he breaks through for a big, explosive run. But I think the longest play was maybe 15 yards in the last game. And that's the borderline that they're walking. As far as your question about pass protection, Cliff, it's going to fluctuate game to game because I think the goal was they looked at the Commanders game two weeks ago. And what happened to that game? Washington had four sacks. Deron Payne had two of them. They didn't want those guys to get comfortable. So their counter to that was Daniel's just going to get rid of the football quickly. We're going to have shorter routes, get rid of the ball, stay in manageable third downs. And it worked effectively. You go up against the Vikings. You got Zadarius Smith. You got Daniel Hunter. You have two really good pass rushers. Would not surprise me if they have a very similar game plan because both of those guys have the capability of wreaking havoc. But if you go up against Indianapolis the next week and you're not overwhelmed by their pass rush, maybe you say, all right, let's see if we can have some more time for those routes to develop. My answer is... Don't look at it game to game and give a declaration to say, oh, the Giants' pass rush has arrived. It's going to fluctuate based on the opposition that they go up against. Okay, got it. Thanks, guys. All got right. it, Cliff. Appreciate the All phone right. call. Thank you. 201-939-4513 is the number. 201-939-4513. Uh, you know, the, he, he makes a fair point, but I, I don't see anybody being the deep threat other than Darius on the Giants. Well, Isaiah Hodgins is more of a middle-of-the-field guy. But he, he has really come on. He's been on. very productive. Yeah, he, he, he has a lot been of credit. Productive. Sure, Richie James has had his fair share of flashes, but also middle-of-the-field type yeah, of guy. Yes. Not necessarily somebody that's going to break down the field for a 50-60-yard play. So that's why, to me, it's Darius Slayton and it's Saquon Barkley. 
out of the backfield to get your explosive plays. That's what I forgot what I wanted to say to you. We were talking about, uh, you mentioned the runs of, what was it, 15 and 17 and three back-to-back. The, the thing about Saquon last week, and, I, you know, if it's a minor criticism uh, that I have of Saquon, and I've, I've chatted with him about it, God bless him. He's always trying to juke somebody, and 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 boy, he did one last week. Oh, he did he ever? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy fell right on his keister. <laughs> sure, but but when he's running straight ahead, even if it's just two or three yards, as opposed to trying to do something behind, because sometimes when you're trying that, I oh, even at his first season, his great rookie season, I I don't think that a running back that good should have so many no gains or negative yard yardage runs. And that would happen with him. When he was going last week, he was plowing. I mean, he's a strong guy. Those legs are like, you know, redwoods. So you, <laughs> you, you, you plow straight ahead. And, and listen, second and seven, second and eight is a lot better than second and 12 and 13. It becomes manageable. Then you get it down to third and four. It's management. Sure. And, and that's a big difference. And, and uh, you know, that's to me what Saquon has to continue to do. First of all, he also looked very fresh and healthy last week. Well, and I didn't think that the sore neck was the reason why he wasn't no. getting to the totals that we were used to. I think it was, once again, the play in the trenches, the inability for them to pound the football, yep, yep. get the holes. I mean, sometimes we don't want to just admit it's rather simplistic as to why the Giants were struggling on the ground. And let's face it, Russ, he only had about 39 rushing yards leading into that last drive. Oh, yeah, no, no, he wasn't tearing it up. Not at all. But what happened on that last possession that you're referring to when he had the 12-yard run, the 15-yard run, the 14-yard run, decisiveness, hitting the hole, going straight, getting to the second level, and then you could see if you could beat a guy. You don't want to do the dancing behind the line of scrimmage. Find the hole and then try to beat your man one-on-one. When he does that, now you're talking about being very productive like you saw in those three runs. And uh, to further say, he stuck with it. He yeah. didn't get frustrated and say, oh, I, I got to go do this. Now, he didn't do the jitterbug and it's like, let me plow. And again, we're not, we're not taking anything away from the moves he does because he's got moves that are you know tremendous. But... Again, it's football. You got to plow through that line, and he can do it. Uh, you know, uh, listen. He goes in short yardage situations. It, it makes his his next run better. It makes the passing game better. And believe me, you need with who Daniel has to throw to. You need that. You know, second and short, third and short. You don't need that. You know, second and twelve, and second and ten, and second and fifteen. It's a big difference. Well, I mean, think about what it took for the Giants to get on the board with that touchdown, that 18-play, 97-yard drive. They had to convert a fourth and nine, Russ. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How, how great was that play? Yeah, it was fantastic. On, on both parts, the fourth and nine f- from the throw. And you mentioned Richie, Richie James. Richie James coming through with the catch. And, yeah. you know, the one thing about that's – I want to bring that up. So, and I'm, I know a lot of you callers and people who watch – get frustrated, and it frustrates me. It doesn't even have to be a game that I'm terribly interested in. When a receiver, for the first down, stops two yards short of the marker. Two yards. You got to know where you are. That's one thing that Richie James always seems to know. He knows where that first down marker is, and he did right there. 
Well, I think the other part of that element is sometimes the routes that they run are not meant to get to the first down marker, which is like, well, I mean, come on, yeah. have an option, right, to get the guy right. to the marker. So I think it's a combination of both factors that you were referencing. Let's head back to the phone lines as we move along here on Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Lance Meadow, Russ Salzburg with you. Let's check in with Mike in Virginia joining us here on BBKL. What's happening, Mike? Hey, Mike. Hey, hey, fellas. Happy holidays to you. Same to you. Same to you, buddy. Um, man, I'm just excited. We are finally, you know, in a place where we're playing meaningful football in, in December. It's been a long time. What is it? Six, since uh, 2016? 2016. Yep. We've had some uh, some rough years, man, and uh, just very excited about it. Um, to touch on what you were talking about with uh, Saquon, I, I honestly, uh, me personally, I think it was the, a, a classic case of, you know, let me carry the team and put it on my back because we we were losing these games, and I think he was just trying to do too much. Because when we were winning, he was very decisive in his moves. He was hitting a hole, uh, and along with you know the injuries uh, with the line. So I mean, well, they were also think? going up against some really good defenses. Let's not forget about that too. During that bit of a skid. You're playing a Philadelphia defensive front, which is stingy. A Cowboys defensive front. I think it also had something to do with the caliber of the opposition, Mike. I wouldn't dismiss that. Okay, yeah, true, true, true. Um, uh, I have a question with the receivers. Um, the, our only deep threat really right now is Slayton, but wasn't there an, uh, another young man that they pulled in from the Colts, I believe? Was it Johnson? Is he still active on the roster? The Colts? I don't remember them bringing in anybody. If you, you're referring to Colin Johnson from, like, back in training camp? He got hurt. He's out for the no, season. No, 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 no. Marcus, no. Marcus Johnson? Marcus in. Johnson. Okay, you're referring to. They may have... Yeah, they said uh, he had some wheels. He had some... Well, Marcus Johnson also goes back to Philadelphia. He was a part of the Eagles, okay. too. And, you know, he wasn't necessarily a speedster. He was, you know, one of their complimentary type of wide receivers who they utilized in Philadelphia. I yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I don't necessarily look at him you. as a guy that's going to take the top off the football, if that's what you're referencing. Yeah, okay, I got you. And um, so just to cover on, on with, uh, with Jones, when a lot of people, they don't like him running. I, I've been a coach for about 12 years. You use your players for what they can do. I mean, you naturally you don't want anybody to get hurt, but that's the game. And if he can run, use him. If it helps, use it. You know, you don't want to baby them. You you might want to, you know, cut down sometimes on the times you do it. But if that's a if that's going to add and help as a weapon, you don't hold that back. I I, I agree, I agree yeah. with you, Mike. I mean, as we say, it's football. It's not for the faint of heart. Uh, it it's it's an injury. Uh, it's an injury prone league. I, I mean, you know, when you hear a player say when when player gets a. Pl- Saquon, anybody, Daniel, how do you feel? How are you feeling this time of year? And the answer is people think it's just a cliched kind of answer. You know, at this time of the year, there's always something. Everybody's banged up. Sure. Everybody's, you know, your thigh hurts, your neck hurts, your your butt hurts. Everything hurts. I mean, that's this is football. You I mean, I see some of these guys walking around on a Monday, Tuesday, you know, after a, a tough weekend. I mean, they're hobbling. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a wide receiver or an offensive lineman. They're hobbling. I mean, it's you're right, but that's the nature of the game. You, you Listen, if you play soft, you're going to get hurt. That's the truth. That, that you, you can't play soft. 
You, you got to play hard. If you go half-ass, you, that's what, then your ass is going to get kicked, for lack of a better term. Yeah, you can't play thinking about injuries. You also can't coach scared, as I like to say. Yeah. You can't worry about a guy getting hurt, and that's why you're not going to play him. Saquon had 18 carries in the last game. I mean, he had nine in the Eagles game because the Eagles game got out of hand, right. and they just figured, all right, let's not overdo it. He was coming in with a sore neck. But I don't think the Giants are of the mindset we've got to contain how many carries he gets. No. Moving forward, they need to win these games. Remember, they're still battling for a playoff spot. Yeah, no. They got uh, a lot riding on these next three games. Uh, uh, th- listen, we're talking about planning meaningful games in uh, December. They're going to be playing meaningful games still. The season ends. Yeah, the, the, they don't have anything locked 8th. up at this point. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it's quite an interesting season. And it is possible, by the way, on a related note, that the Giants could clinch a playoff spot. This weekend, they have to beat the Vikings, and and then they need two of the three teams. Correct. They need two losses out of three from Detroit, Seattle, and Washington. That would get them in. Okay. So Detroit, the Seahawks, and the Commanders all in action as well this weekend like the Giants. And I don't know exactly when everybody's playing. The point is, I don't think – yeah, because Seattle, I believe, is later in the afternoon. So who are the – which of the three teams now? It's Detroit. Washington, Seattle, and Detroit. Washington. Those are the three teams. They need two losses out of those three, in addition to, of course, beating Minnesota. That's step one. They don't beat the Vikings. This conversation ends right there. They beat the Vikings, then the other games come into play. So Seattle is actually at 1 p.m. Eastern. They're visiting Kansas City. So the Lions are at the Panthers. Lions are at the Panthers, that, correct. That's at the— uh, That's also at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's at 1 p.m. And then Washington's at San Fran. That's 4.05 p.m. And, Eastern. And, uh, and what's the other one? Well, we cut Seattle's at Kansas City. Seattle's at Kansas yeah. City. Well, I got to tell you something. It's feasible. It's possible two of the three lose. Yeah. Sure. It's yeah. Very, it's, Based on it, the opponent. It's, it's very possible. You know what's also very interesting, Lance? Uh, th- there's a good chance that the Giants could be facing Washington in the first round of the playoffs. Well, I don't no, know. If not, they, no, yeah. not, not no, Washington. They would Washington. Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, possible. No, they 100%. could be. Fa- I, I just, just sure. Had a, they yep. could, they could be facing Minnesota in a few weeks. One hundred percent. Yeah, it could be a two-seven matchup, yeah. a three-six matchup, yeah. depending on what happens with San Francisco. Absolutely, it's very feasible. And actually, that was brought up in the conversation that Paul and I had with Matthew Collar on the latest Giants Huddle podcast. So it's funny that you brought that up because I was sort of trying to get an idea if you're the Vikings. Even though, clearly, you still have a lot riding on this game. You're fighting for a seeding, as you mentioned. Do you think about, because if you remember, Russ, a few years ago, you had the Bengals and the Jets playing the last game of the regular season. Then they wound up meeting the following week in the first round of the playoffs, if you remember. And the Jets. And that, they did, neither team wanted to do anything yeah. in that last regular season. Yeah, right. Why? Because they didn't want to reveal anything. Right. So I guess what I'm getting at, and this is part of me overthinking a little, I'll admit, if you're the Vikings and you're speculating, do you hold back a little bit on some elements in the event you do meet the Giants? Uh, uh, you know what? That, that That's a fair point, but when you do that, it comes back. Sure. It, it comes back to get you. You know, I, I always remember this. Uh, when Coughlin's Giants won their first Super Bowl, uh, stopping the undefeated the New Patriots. England Patriots. Yep. I remember that... Um, they were playing on a Saturday night, the last game of the season. Yep. And the reason I remember it so well, because it was a Saturday night game. The game was also supposed to be on, I think, was it ESPN or something? But it was also supposed to be on Channel 9. 
because you have to when it's to on cable local, it has to be on the like local last, channel last night's game was on channel five yep okay so it was the big deal and then and everybody at channel nine was all happy about it because we were doing a pre and post game shows sure. and and it was going to be on nine you know you know boxcar ratings and then Goodell said the game's too important so they put it on I, I don't know maybe it was four or something there was a whole brouhaha but the thing that I remembered about it from both standpoints the Giants were in the playoffs and and the Patriots were in the playoffs the Giants played that game like it was for all the marbles and of course the Patriots were playing for all the marbles because they wanted to go undefeated and I remembered being on the field after that game to a man, for a lack of a better term, the Giants were pissed off. They were angry. They said, we had those guys. We had those guys. And that I, I firmly believe that loss propelled them moving forward into the postseason. And they lost some guys due to injury in that game, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So. No, no I, it... it Totally propelled them moving forward. And that's why, I, I mean, I wasn't sure they were going to win, but I was confident they were going to show up in that Super Bowl. You know, so, like, to me, again, you start... It's different if not... Let's say you got the number one seed clinched. Well, then then you want to rest you guys. I mean, I don't expect Jalen Hurts to be playing the last game of the season. Interestingly, if he misses the next two games, Russ, I would argue there's value. Do you want him sitting for four games and then the first game back being a playoff game? Well, oh, oh, you know he what? Can... You're right about that. That That's a good point. Nick Sirianni may consider that. I would not be surprised if that's how it plays out. We'll get him some kind of... Correct. You know, play him a quarter or two. I'm not saying no, the whole game, but no, yeah, that's no. why I don't... You know, I didn't mean to cut you off in terms no, of your no, train yeah, of thought. No, that's right. But, you know, I know when we get into that Eagles game, and we're looking a little bit ahead. Giants fans are already speculating. Maybe the Giants get a break. The Eagles don't have anything to play for. First of all, the Eagles' backups are good enough to beat some team's starting lineups. That's yeah. number one. You only have 53 guys on a roster. But watch this Jalen Hurts situation. If they hold Jalen out for the next two games, something tells me he's going to see action in that last game because then they'll have the bye and then they're going to play a game. You don't want your starting quarterback going an entire month yeah, without playing any football. You know what? I I didn't think I didn't take the buy into consideration. That that's an added factor. That, exactly. That you know maybe if the buy wasn't there, but the buy is there. That's an added factor. Good point. Yeah. So just something to consider. This is why the NFL is a fluid league, and I tell people don't get caught up in matchups about week seventeen when it's week five because things are going to change. Injuries come to light, and so forth. And I think we're seeing that again here in two thousand twenty. Getting ready to take on spring. Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, let's head back to the lines. We got Wilson in Roxbury joining us here. What's happening, Wilson? Wilson. Hey guys, uh, first thing, happy holidays to both you guys. Same to you, Same to you Will. Hey, 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 listen, I think the Giants just need somebody with speed. Even though, even though, forget about catching the ball. Like they have this kid, Khalil Pimpington. Yep. Which he used to like. He's like he used to fly out of college. They picked him up from uh, from Detroit. From, yeah, the Lions. Yep. So you, from the lines, right? So you don't need to know the whole playbook 
Heck, you don't even need to catch the ball. Just do a go route because just, you have to plant that seed in the defense. You know what I mean? Uh, because it's it's very hard to play quarterback the way that Dion Jones has to play. I mean, first things first, whoever whoever you know all these people that say that Daniel Jones uh, doesn't have any talent. I mean, they, they, they don't they, they don't they, know they don't they have don't a clue. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, they don't have a clue because Daniel Jones has has a top ten arm. In the NFL, I mean the fourth and ninth play that he did. I mean I can name in one hand the quarterbacks that make that throw. I mean he had forget about a yard. He had maybe twelve inches to drill the the ball in there. But it, it's hard to play. You know what I'm saying, Lance and 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 um and Russ. It's hard to play quarterback like that. If somehow somehow they can just maybe stretch the field just a little. Uh, Wilson, well, I don't mean to cut you uh, off, and, and I'll let you continue, but I just, and well, I, I know what you're trying to say, but I'm going to have to correct you because it comes out, it comes out okay. cockeyed when you say you don't have to be able to catch the ball. If you're a receiver, well, that's been a problem. Uh, go ask Kenny, go ask how the Giants feel about Kenny Galladay. You got to be able to catch the ball. I know what you mean. You want to spread it out. But right. th- the problem is their guys, mm-hmm. they don't have the guys really to spread it out with the exception of Darius. And because he's uh-huh. the exception, the other teams are conscious of that. Well, and here's the other thing, Wilson. You threw out Khalil Pimpleton, okay? So let's peel back right. the layers. He was joining the team on September 1st. He became right. a member of the practice squad. It is now December 23rd. Don't you think there's right. a reason why the Giants coaching staff hasn't activated him? We're talking you about three what? months you know- have gone by. Don't you think there's some reason? They're watching him in practice every single day. This idea that they have a gem and they should just pull him up to the active roster for the sake of pulling him up, they're evaluating these guys in practice every single day. I can't tell you how many times I've seen guys wow in the preseason and training camp and then fans ask us, why doesn't this guy get any day of light during the regular season? It's because they're looking at these guys on a daily basis. They're monitoring them. I understand completely, Lance, but listen, there's a lot of weird stuff going on because, I mean, I, listen, can, I understand Kenny Galladay is not what he used to be. I understand that. But I just, I just, I, I just refuse to believe that Kenny Galladay, he's, I mean, listen, he didn't forget how to play football. Uh, I mean, something is wrong. No, Wilson, I'm going to disagree with you, my friend, and and I'm going to tell you why. And thank you for the call, buddy. But but the reason I'm, I'm disagreeing with you is for this reason. I'm in that locker room every day. I'm in that locker room every day. I'm in the dining room every day. I see uh, Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is a good guy. He doesn't walk around with a, squ- a scowl on his face. He's a good person, okay? Something happened. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's physical. I don't know if it's mental between his ears. There is something happened. There's no confidence. There's no nothing. It's it's just not there. I mean, the last ball that was thrown to him, if you remember that play across the middle, in his hands, in the bread basket, he knew he had to make the catch. If, if he makes the catch, he's off and running. It would have been a tremendous confidence booster for him. I, I don't know if you just lose it all at once or if you're losing it and then you lose your confidence and it goes hand in hand. That's the problem. There's nothing fishy in terms of with the org. Don't you think the organization is they, they were dying for Kenny Galladay to come forward, dying for it to happen. But you go back to training camp. I was a training camp every day. Lance, he was dropping balls left, right, and center. 
We were all getting scared. We were scratching our heads. What the hell's going on? It just was happening. It, it, and, and I'll tell you what, the same thing was happening in training camp with Kadarius, sure. who, who, who yeah. I loved. You, you know, well, he was also not healthy, too, no, which no, didn't help. Yeah, yeah but I, he was one of those guys I don't think who wanted to be healthy. When I say not one, you know, guys play with Knicks. And the, if he wasn't 100%, oh, this hurts me, that hurts me. And, and I was very disappointed in that. But those are some of the things that the Giants have had to deal with. Look, we just mentioned Kenny Galladay. We just mentioned Kadarius Toney. Uh, Wondell Robinson is out. And Sterling, Sterling Shepard's out. Those are the four guys that we were expecting Daniel to throw to. So, you know, it goes hand in hand with everything we're talking about. Why does he have to run? Why does he have to do this and that? That's why. Yeah, the entire dynamics of the receiving core has completely changed based on the conversations we were having during the season, and that has absolutely been well documented. It's a completely different receiving core. Let's head back to the lines. We check in with Big Ed in Maryland. What's happening, Big Ed? Hey, Big Ed. Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing, man? How you doing, buddy? Doing all right. What's on your mind? Oh, man. Um, let's see. First of all, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Same to you. Happy you too, New buddy. We're going to get it all in right here, right now. Right. Second. Oh, Russ, man. I miss you, man. Did you get my message that I asked about you to make sure you was okay? No, I, I got um, – maybe I didn't, but thank you for asking. I appreciate your concern. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine and dandy, yeah. buddy. Hey, we're 8-5-1. Right. What can be bad? Right, Big Ed? Yes, man. This is great. This is like the best right now. There you this go. Really going in the right direction, moving in the right way to shock the world again, just like we did last time we went to Arizona. I can see this happening. Oh, really? We, we get ahead of ourselves jump, here. Uh, no, 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 no. We're not. Look, it's not go. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, we're focusing on Minnesota, and you're talking Minnesota. about Arizona. That's why. That's what I'm talking about. Right, right. Look, look. We got to. Get ahead of Minnesota. The, the way I've watched the Indianapolis game with Minnesota, you got to get ahead of Minnesota. You get ahead of them, at least get a 10 nothing lead or 10-something lead, you know, at least 7 to 10 points ahead, we pretty much can beat them. But we got to stay on top of them. We cannot allow them well, to Well, they've rallied a lot, actually, way. Big Ed. They can rally good, yeah, right. They've exactly. overcome a lot of deficits. They, they just like we've done. They've been winning close games in the last few moments by pulling out big plays. But another big thing. Please make this known. Kurt likes to throw over the middle. We're going to have to protect the middle of the field. Because season, that's how they won that game and come back against the Colts. He kept throwing over the middle. Well, and he got a lot of explosive plays, too. You had the Dalvin Cook screen, right. Justin Jefferson, Adam Phelan. Right. I mean, they have a lot of playmakers. I, to me, it's not just the middle of the right. field. I mean, Jefferson's made some big-time catches up the sideline. Mm-hmm. You watch that Buffalo game that they won in overtime. I mean, Jefferson, they were throwing oh, to him on the sideline God. in that game. What a game. That was one of the greatest games that we've seen other than our game, of course, 42. But that was <laughs> a great football game, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, and that's why it, it comes awesome. back to getting pressure on Kirk Cousins. That's where this game starts yeah. and ends. You oh, can't yeah. get worried about getting, getting into another big week. Oh, he's getting so much better. He's doing just like the right rookie. Remember when Ahmad Bradshaw was at the beginning of his rookie season. In 07. He had that yeah. breakout game in bowl game against Buffalo. This yep. is Thibodeau's breakout game against Minnesota. Oh, he can shock Thomas Taylor and be like, he's my son, he's my son. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Big Ed. All right, Big Appreciate Ed. Appreciate the phone Happy call. holidays, buddy. He's always a good call, Big Ed.
Well, the reason why I think Thibodeau, though, had the strong performance is it's no coincidence the four guys were on the field simultaneously. Let's but, but, not forget about that. But you, you, you know what? You could see it coming th- from the previous weeks. You know, Wink, and, and I said it to Wink this week uh, when we had a chance to talk with the assistants. Um, you know, Wink was very consistent all season long when people would ask him, you know, uh, Wink, uh, Kayvon, you know, he's not getting the sacks. He's not getting this. And and Wink would always say, it's not just about the sacks. It's about the pressures. It's about making things. It's about his presence. And then I asked him, I said, well, Wink, you were consistent with telling us that all week. Uh, And when you saw what happened on uh, Sunday, do you feel that's validation with what you were telling us? And he goes, Okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember that point. Yeah. No, but it, it, it it's true. I I think it's been coming with him. It's been co- and, and to his credit, let me tell you something about Kayvon. Very similar to Lawrence Taylor, since that that name comes up. Lawrence Taylor's football IQ is off the charts. Anybody who he's played for will tell you that. Whether it's Bill uh, Parcells, whether it's Bill Belichick off the charts uh, you know his, his iq is enough to be a coach now i don't know I if don't he know. could coach <laughs> he has trouble coaching himself about certain <laughs> things so about players but ri- off the charts Kayvon is very smart that way too he's got a great understanding and the one thing that that um uh wink said this week it's very impressive to watch both Kayvon and aziz they're both 22 years old and both guys, you know, their interest in learning and their interest in, in, in wanting to get better, you know, to see that in young guys, it's very interesting. And then you have the two guys between them, pretty impressive, Leo and uh, uh, and uh, Sexy Dexy. So. And this is what Wink was envisioning when he knew he was going to have all those guys at his disposal. Unfortunately, it was piecemeal throughout the season. You had one guy come back, another guy get hurt. So, you know, now down the stretch, it'll be interesting to see what this group could do when they're wholesome. But Thibodeau, the motor that he showcased against Washington, he brings that every game. And we've seen flashes of that. You're going to put yourself in position to make plays. Because the other thing that went unnoticed, he had eight quarterback hits in the previous four games, even though he wasn't necessarily getting overwhelming sacks. So Thibodeau was getting there. You know, he was getting there maybe maybe a second late. And you know what the one play that he stressed? That was the, his most impressive play, Kayvon's? The stop of Heineke at the one. Oh, it was huge. I, you yeah. could see him blushing the way he said it. Yep. I, I mean, it came out of no place. I mean, this guy was running by his lonesome and was like the roadrunner, beep, beep. And then he didn't just catch him. He stopped him cold. Well, and considering Washington was never able to punch it in, I mean, that's the play of the game right yeah, there. That's it. He doesn't stop him. Washington has an opportunity for a two-point conversion. At, at, Who knows how that game plays out. At that out. point, are you not saying to yourself what I'm saying to myself? I can't believe 2020 all I know, over yeah. again. Well, I said this to Paul on Monday. I said the NFL has a wicked sense of humor. Oh, my God. When it comes to that. that was, yeah, that we was almost unbe- had another one. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I know. The, the thought of that happening was like, you can't make this up. We were close. We now, were, I'm not saying that it would have went all the way through overtime, time, but we were at least close to getting overtime 2020. I, I believe if it was into that, that's what we just because... Yep, the football gods wanted to see us be aggravated one more time. Sure, and make us sit through another edge of the seat type of game and 
go over these mathematical equations. Can you imagine if both of these teams had two ties? We'd be Whoa. sitting here trying to calculate winning percentage. Not necessarily a fun activity or interesting to listen to, I should add. All right, let's head back to the lines. Patrick is in California joining us here on BBKL. What's happening, Patrick? Hey, Patrick. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Well, Shabbat Shalom and Merry Christmas. And to you as well. Thank you. To everybody. Now, uh, my question, you were setting me up really well when you were talking about the run uh, about 20 minutes ago. And I think the Giants do a great job running the ball. But one of the things that I think they're really lacking doing is a real good play-action pass. Especially on first down, I think they should be running more play-action pass. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I I tend to agree with you on that, Patrick. Yeah. Good, good. I hope I see it soon. I think they'll get 20-yard gains. Well, remember, it also depends on how confident they feel in terms of the receivers and how much volume you want Daniel Jones throwing the ball. I think that's an influence as to why maybe you're not seeing a lot on first down, to your point, because it's no coincidence when the Giants have at least 30 runs in a game, they are undefeated this season. There's, a, there's no coincidence behind that. They monitor those numbers and those statistical trends. So I think that may be influencing why you don't see as much aggressiveness on the early downs in terms of throwing the ball. Well, yeah, I agree with that. You get, they're doing a really good job making second down, second and five, second and four. You know, they're doing a really good job on first down. Not, not to say they're not, but, you know, after one, you know, running it on first down, running it on first down, running it on first down, it just makes sense. You know, it's, you know one time you want to take a shot. Do a play-action pass. It's not like I want to do it all the time. No, I, I understand. You want to pick your spots. Sure, I get that. But I think also if they feel the running game is rolling with the way that offensive line was performing on that last drive, I think the Giants have proven based on few games that we've seen, they're of the mindset, we're just going to pound the football down your throat. You know it's coming. We know it's coming. Go ahead and try to stop us. Remember that drive against the Jacksonville right. Jaguars? They ran the same play. On every single possession in that drive. And they had no problem because Jacksonville couldn't stop them. So I think they've proven they can be effective that way. Correct. But now here's the thing about the play-action pass. So I've seen them try to run it a couple times. I thought Daniel didn't do a good job putting the ball in the belly and selling the run. You know, I think they have to do a better job doing that. Well, and also it's timing, too. And and that comes down to timing, Patrick, what you're referring to. You know, the running back and the quarterback being on the same page to really sell it. And then, of course, on the back end with the receivers. And you've had some movable parts back there. All of those things are elements that are in play here. Good, good, good. Well, I wish them all the best of the luck the rest of the way. Just take it one game at a time and just say, you know, never give up. Don't ever give up. And we're going to do fine. All right, Patrick. From your mouth Appreciate to God's the phone ears, call. buddy. <laughs> Happy holidays. No, it, it, it's, um, you know, the more we talk about the game and, and the more you try to envision it, um, you would, uh, again, I, I think the key is the running game. I, I, I do think, you know, the key is the running game. But um, uh, I also agree with what you say. If they can pressure... Uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, then that's going to have a, a ill effects on their passing game. You know, so... It'll throw the timing off. Look, sure. they got to play comp- complementary football, as the saying goes. You know, it can't be one or the other. The one thing that I do feel better about, listen, uh, when you, for example, watching last night's football game, 
I mean, you're not dealing with that kind of weather. So with your special teams, especially when you have a kicker like Graham Gano, I'd feel very comfortable if he had a kick with uh, five seconds left of the game from 55 yards out, being indoors as opposed to being, you know, in the Northeast someplace. So, yeah, I mean, th those are all factors, but you don't want it to come down to that. Well, and you don't want it to come down to empty possessions, which is an extension of what you're talking about. What I mean is this could be a game, hey, you get in field goal range, you want to rely on Graham Gano, tack on three points, that's fine. But the way that I look at it is, Russ, this team is averaging 20 points a game. They're hovering around that. The offense was only responsible for 13 points against Washington. Let's not forget about that. Kayvon Thibodeau had one of their touchdowns. You get away with 13 points from your offense against the Commanders, that's one thing, okay? Washington's not necessarily a dynamic, explosive scoring offense. Minnesota now, okay, is a step up. The point is you can't keep walking this fine line where you think your defense is going to get a touchdown and you're going to hold the opposition to 17, 18 points. Eventually, you're going to go up against the team where your defense can't necessarily slow them down consistently, and you got to get to 25, 27 points. The Giants, unfortunately, Russ, have not proven they can do that consistently. But, but And you're 100% right, but if you're going to live dangerously in that 20-point area, then the one thing that you have to do is what they did last week. you got to give those long drives. you got to get those long... And avoid mistakes, though, no, no, on those long drives. Well, listen, it, uh, there's no sense going 95 yards if you're going to fumble on the three. That's a waste of time. Okay, no, no, but if you can do that, if it, you know, this way you control the clock, and if you're controlling the clock, you're controlling the opponent. And that opponent this week are the Vikings in Minnesota looking for a Christmas Eve special. And it should be a great game because you got a lot riding on it from both sides. The Vikings, as we mentioned, they're still playing for seeding, and the Giants, of course, are still trying to lock up a playoff seed. And this is going to be an emotional game because the Giants are coming off a huge win on the road against Washington, and, of course, the Vikings pulling off the biggest comeback in NFL history. Few reminders, tomorrow, Giants Radio Network pregame show starts at 11.30 a.m. Eastern and we will be heard on Giants.com as well as WFAN and Sirius XM 823. That is the Giants team channel. And then we'll have full postgame coverage immediately following the game with Pepsi Giants Extra Points. So you can stay locked to Giants.com as well as the Giants radio network for full coverage of tomorrow's game. You don't have to wait till Sunday this weekend with most of the teams playing on Christmas Eve. That is going to wrap up. Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. Today's episode, of course, is part of the Giants platforms everywhere, as well as Giants.com slash podcast. For Russ Salzberg, good conversation as always. I'm Lance Meadow. Merry Christmas. Stay locked to Giants.com. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all. And we'll speak to you on Monday right here on BBKL. Have a good one. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.